Loey, I have a bit of a confession to make. Uh Uh-oh. It's nothing bad, I promise. It's just that we've been doing this show for a while and we've covered a lot of topics, right? And we've covered a lot of cryptids. There are favorites, but I have to confess, they've started to get a little tired for me, a little bored, a little crusty. I don't think there are any good cryptids out there that we haven't covered. I am glad you brought it up. I really am. Because now, number one, we can go to cryptid therapy. But also, number two, (laughs) I discovered something today that opens up an entirely new world for us in the cryptid game. Okay, go on. As you all know, Eleanor has a bit of a green thumb with her plant project on Instagram. And until, well, today, Eleanor has also been a massive fan of cryptids. So what if I told you all that there is an entire set of cryptids that we haven't covered yet, known as plant cryptids? Yes, it's true. We are like putting together two of my massive interests. I had forgotten all about plant cryptids. They were something I was genuinely aware of because of my plant obsession. And I can't believe that we've never done a podcast episode on them. So I knew a little bit about plant cryptids, but honestly completely forgot they existed, which is amazing because I have a surprise for our listeners today. You know that we love episodes with guests, and we know you do too. Today, I dare say we have the most special guest we've ever had on the pod. Not only an expert on plants, but for better or for worse, an expert on me, my brother Kenny. Hello, hello. I am pretty special. Um, I will admit that. <laughs> so true. And yeah, I love plants. I live with my sister on a plant project, and I'm super excited to be here with you guys. Welcome to Internet Urban Legends, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Loey, your friendly neighborhood true believer. Um, the least knowledgeable in plants out of the three of us, who is deeply <laughs> embarrassed about the state of my house plants at this given point in time, but who is excited to learn about all things plant cryptid. And I am Eleanor, stubborn skeptic normally. Today, best big sister, literally ever, perpetual plant killer, something I would only ever expose myself for on this podcast (laughs) and generally super excited to talk about some of the weirdest cryptids we've discussed here on the podcast today. And I'm Kenny, the plant expert extraordinaire and little brother to Eleanor. And together we live together and run our (laughs) account, A Plant Project, where we just give helpful plant care tips, tricks, and little house hacks to bring the jungle indoors. We have a hundred houseplants and I take care of pretty much none of them. So we do have an actual genuine expert on our hands today. Not about cryptids. Oh my God, wait, together, this might be the only thing, Kenny, that we actually are familiar experts on, plant cryptids. The combination. We found it, that and reality TV. Well, together today, we are the gruesome threesome, and this is Internet Urban Legends, where we dive deep into the darkest corners of the internet. We might find the answers we're looking for, or we might just scare ourselves into staying up all night. But one thing is for sure, we're glad to have you guys along for the ride. Welcome to our our garden today. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. 
Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. I feel like a fair number of our listeners are probably super confused about what that means because if you've been listening to our podcast for a while, you know Mothman, you know our puck wedgies. We have a long and extensive list of living animal or humanoid cryptids that we refer back to on a pretty regular basis. But plant cryptids are exactly what they sound like. They are cryptids that are rooted in the plant world. So these can be 100% plants or partly plants or like mostly human and a little hint of plant, little animal and plant. The only thing that they have in common is that they are plant-like in appearance. All right. So first of all, love the use of the word rooted there, Eleanor. Cryptids that are (laughs) rooted in the plant world. Perfect start. But second of all, there's actually a bit of a science behind what you're talking about called cryptobotany. So cryptobotany is a field dedicated to the study and search of formerly undescribed plants, you know, unknown, just we don't know much about them. And cryptid plants are actually far more common than cryptid animals. Animals are always on the move. You see it, it's gone super fast. But a plant They can't move. Again, rooted in the ground. They are immobile. (laughs) So it's way more likely to be documented and described after only a single encounter for these cryptid plants. Cryptid plants are generally reported from inaccessible tropical regions. So, you know, South America, East Asia, places that a lot of people don't really have access to and places that there just aren't really big populations. So many of them are carnivorous plants. Again, reported carnivorous plants such as man-eating trees or vampire plants. And although most of these have only been reported once, they are very popular in movie TV because, I mean, the thought of a plant eating something, that's just super cool. So people love it. As we were like already getting into this, I was like, why is it that like plant cryptids would be kind of immediately described after one sighting as opposed to like a Bigfoot or something? But I guess it's because maybe people see Bigfoot and they second guess themselves. They're like, what if what if that was not a Bigfoot? What if that was perhaps just a man, (laughs) just a dude, like, or I don't know, a bear. But it makes sense that you see a cryptid plant and it's so inexplainable that you go to the news and you're like, yeah, I saw a vampire plant. It's also what we've talked about with cryptids before, where I believe in cryptids more than I believe in ghosts because I do Mm. believe that there are animals we haven't discovered. I fully believe there is some weird shit going on in the plant world, right? That we have absolutely no idea about. So I'm not surprised that some of these exist. Oh, 100%. Every time that you and Kenny unveil a new plant that I just have no idea what like species it could possibly belong (laughs) to on the Plant Project Instagram, I'm just like, this is like the ocean to me. Like I have no idea what's going on here. They're all cryptids. (laughs) Every single one of them is a new cryptid. Well, especially my money plant. I won't get into it, but I need one of you guys to come over because that girl is, she fights me every single day. There are so many examples, though, of way more obscure plant cryptids that we could talk about here, like the monkey eating tree of Venezuela, perhaps? Monkey eating tree, anyone? Mm, I literally hate it. I hate it. The poor monkeys, not the monkeys. Man-eating, I would have been like, ooh, like twirling (laughs) my mustache. (laughs) But monkeys? Leave the monkeys out of this. Innocent monks. Yes. (laughs) The monkey-eating tree, though, of Venezuela is said to secrete a smell that's very attractive to monkeys. Uh, (laughs) I gotta know, what does it smell like? Is it like bananas? 
What is the scent that is alluring the poor monkeys in? What kind of attractive? Is this like the horny monkey tree? Is this the, <laughs> yes, aromatic, like meal monkey tree? Like what kind of attraction are we talking here? Because that's important. You know, it is most important to me. Those finer details are really the ones that sing me <laughs> in. But no matter what the smell is, I guess, these monkeys climb into the tree trunk and then the tree's leaves basically envelop them in like a prey item. This renders the poor monkeys invisible and unable to be heard as they are digested. This is a horror movie. This is terrible. Several days later, the leaves unfurl and the monkeys' bones drop to the forest floor. Who's finding the monkeys? Who's finding the monkeys? Investigate right now. Who's reporting the monkeys missing? That's what we need. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Those are the answers we need. How many times did it have to happen that these monkey bones were laying on the ground for people to decide that they were actually coming from the tree and not just like a predator? How many times did that have to happen before you start side-eyeing the tree? Like, are, we've had 12 dead monkeys this week. It, is this you? <laughs> they're like walking around they're like inquiring with all of the trees they're like which one of you <laughs> did it which one of you <laughs> literally there's also the we talked about how to pronounce this it's spelled jewy jewy but we think it might be what is it wee wee hui 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 plant yeah. This is a cryptid plant from the border of Argentina and Bolivia. And this one is said to be extremely beautiful and it exudes a kind of perfume scent that knocks out all sorts of animals, including people who will sit underneath it for shade. Once this prey is asleep, the plant sends down blossoms armed with powerful suckers, which draw from the body all its blood and juices. So we have Ooh. a true blue Edward Cullen plant sparkling oh in the sunlight, God. drawing people in, and then sapping up all their time before going off on like a six-month vampire sad bender. Okay, hold on, hold on. So many references of pop media have entered my head. It's like, which one do I talk about? This reminded me of the Wizard of Oz movie. Remember when they entered the field of poppies and everyone just passed out? Oh, yeah. Do you guys remember that? Like, that's what this reminded oh me of. Oh, my God, of. it's like that. You're right. Like, imagine if the poppies and the Wizard of Oz, like, also had little fangs and they were just like, I've come to suck <laughs> your blood. Like, <laughs> I do like that they're just little, just sucking. <laughs> and I guess you don't wake up. So there are a lot of plant cryptids. And shockingly, the two that we just mentioned um, aren't even the ones that we're going to focus on today. We have some that I dare say are even more exciting. Some of the wildest I've ever seen. Okay, so petition to next time we talk about plant cryptids, make PowerPoints on each and every one of them and kind of present them like a game night. Ooh. Because today I've got the veggie man. And I'm going to be talking about the cow-eating tree. And I have the cactus cat, which is honestly one of the best things I've ever researched in the entirety of our time on this podcast. After the break, we're going to be telling you all about the veggie man, the cow-eating tree, and the cactus cat cryptids. All right, I'm going to paint a little a little scene for you. First and foremost, Red Veggie Man thought Veggie Tales. Just simply thought like veggies with faces, <laughs> right? Preaching the good word of the Lord, I suppose. But the Veggie Man is like so much weirder than initially anticipated. In 1968, in the woods around Fairmont, West Virginia. Why does everything weird always happen in West Virginia, y'all? I don't get it. I don't know, but our proximity to West Virginia, uh, where Kenny and I grew up in Virginia, and our 
lack of an ability to spot a cryptid is really depressing. I was gonna really say, sad. Uh, man, kind of feel robbed in the childhood. We spent decades in their turf. <laughs> Give me back my childhood. Give me back my cryptids. <laughs> so in 1968 in Fairmont, West Virginia, a man named Jennings Frederick was out hunting. Now, as he moved through the woods, Jennings heard kind of like just a weird, inexplainable noise. And he's described it as a record player running faster than it should have, making a high pitched and I quote, jabber, 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 jabber noise. <laughs> but what is a jabber jabber noise? I still don't know. But he tracked down the sound. And when he basically got to the source of it, he saw what he has now called the vegetable man. So the vegetable man was said to be over seven feet tall, thin with a semi-human shape. It also appeared to be partially plant-based and possessed large ears with striking eyes whose color rapidly changed from red to yellow. So just like Edward Cullen Vampire. <laughs> hmm? Why am I seeing so much Twilight here, Stephanie Meyer? I agree. This is this is what you would look like as a vampire, Kenny. You'd be the vegetable man. <laughs> so true. So true. You would be the veggie man. <laughs> I'd take You'd that. be running around jabber, 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 jabber. <laughs> I'll take seven feet tall over Edward Cullen any day. <laughs> No, Robert hate in the podcast. We have few rules. <laughs> now, Jennings said the veggie man looked weak and sickly. The jabbering continued, but suddenly the jabbering became words, appearing telepathically in Jennings' head, saying, you need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know of you all kind of scary but also i come in peace i wish medical assistance and i need your help and then the creature lunged at jennings wrapped him up in his arms and jennings couldn't break away so he's telling jennings this he's like i am friend and then like wraps him in this massive bear hug <laughs> jennings is like personal space perhaps like take a minute we just met but then it gets even weirder because this creature starts to pierce Jennings' skin with thorns on its fingers. And almost as quickly as it had pounced, the vegetable man raced up away onto a hill and he was never seen again. To this date, this was the only sight of the vegetable man. And it was also sighted by somebody who has a bit of a track record. Okay, Jennings Frederick, I believe is his name. It's not the first time he had reported seeing something really bizarre. A few years earlier, he and his mom, which cute, claimed to see a bizarre demonic figure hanging from a flying saucer outside of their West Virginia home. So today that's known as the space devil. But I say this to say that um, potentially the vegetable man was one in a long string of oddities that that came from the mind of Jennings Frederick, the meta of Jennings Frederick. Wait, the space devil? Tell me about that. I would, except that you're already forgetting I have the most interesting topic of all time to tell you all about. We are talking about the cactus cat. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I forgot about the cactus cat. Please, please go on. I need to hear about the little Pokemon. I am not in a place to forgive you for that, but potential cactus <laughs> cat will. <laughs> This one's fun because a lot of like well-renowned people in the cryptology field actually believe Cactus Cat might be real. So Cactus Cat is a mythical creature that's been reported in the American Southwest. It's described as a bobcat-like animal with thorns for fur and sharp bones sticking out of its front legs, which honestly gross. That reminded me of like 
when basketball players get nasty injuries and their like shins will stick out of their knees. Something about that just makes my skin crawl. Don't love that about Cactus Cat. Kind of block it out. Yeah. Unlike Veggie Man, the Cactus Cat has been seen multiple times in the southwestern desert. So this is not just a singular sighting in West Virginia. The Cactus Cat or Cactus Cats are roaming. They've been seen in states such as California, Nevada, New Mexico, a few sightings in Colorado. So they make their way around. And due to the cat's seemingly symbiotic relationship with cactus patches, remember its fur is like little cactus needles. Yeah. It is said that as far back as the 1800s, indigenous groups from all over the U.S. actually believe, or the southwestern U.S., I should say, that cactus cat is some sort of cactus dryad, which is intimately tied to the life and the soul of their cacti. So essentially, they're cats that, I guess, share some kind of soul bond with the cactus. And a dryad is a mythical nymph said to inhabit a forest or a tree. So we have a nymph cactus cat roaming the desert. And I'll be honest, when I first started looking up cactus cat, I was like, this is fake because I think that about literally everything. But as soon (laughs) as I heard that we have indigenous tribes who have also spotted cactus cat and seem to have some basis for it, I became slightly more convinced. Now, as legend has it, the cactus cat would come out at night, slashing open cacti and exposing the sap and feverishly drinking it up. So they got their their power from the cactus. This caused the cactus cats to enter an intoxicated state. Everyone is getting drunk off these plants, man. (laughs) What is going on? Like, where are these plants when I would like a salad? For real. (laughs) I want to get intoxicated off of veggies. Hello? Right? Like, what do the cats know that I don't? <laughs> and occasionally, I I hate to believe this because cats are pure and innocent creatures, but they would attack travelers. And they were essentially just drunk on cactus juice. The cats would then howl throughout the night and they would climb inside the cactus to sleep throughout the day to get away from the sun. So even though there were rumors of the cactus cat being vicious and occasionally uh, attacking people, she actually had a reputation of being like pretty chill. She kind of kept to herself. She was pretty calm and you usually were not in harm's way unless you were a cactus. Eleanor, you know that at the time of recording this, my cat, Carson, Kenny, you probably know as well, he went missing for five days and just returned one night and was like, hello, mother, here I am, like in the pitch black darkness. <laughs> I think Carson could be a variation of cactus cat, perhaps a Los Angeles palm tree cat. So I really Mm want to believe in the cactus cat lore. Unfortunately, you might have the only actual cactus cat in existence because (laughs) most sightings of this cryptid are thought to be bobcats that had pieces of cacti stuck to them, which obviously made sense. That would look like a bobcat Mm -hmm. covered in thorns, right? And even though there's a little bit more credibility to cactus cat than there are for other cryptids, you know, it goes back a little bit further, multiple sightings, people who are familiar with the area seem to see this creature more than once. I'm still not convinced she's a real girl. Okay, the existence of cactus cat would illuminate my life in every way, and I can't bring myself to believe it. It would. It would, you know, clear my acne, water my crops, just like make everything in life so much better if only she was real. Kenny, do you believe in Cactus Cat? Now that you've heard two two cryptids, do you believe Cactus Cat could be out there? You know, I like the Bobcat theory, and it makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense, but I too want to believe in Cactus Cat. Right? And <laughs> I'm kind of going back to the indigenous tribes from the American Southwest having a belief in this as the nymph, Cactus Nymph. 
And yeah. that gives a little <laughs> bit of credibility to me, along with all these sightings from the reputable people. The cryptologists. Yeah, the cryptologists. So I feel like I'm 50-50 right now. We're not even on to the best part, which is the cow-eating tree. Yes, yes. So I know you guys said that there are a lot of people who think Cactus Cat is real, and I'm still kind of 50-50 on it, to be honest. But this next one was actually reported in the news around 15 years ago. So definitely some credibility here. This is the story of Pilimara, a.k.a. the tiger tree, a.k.a. the cow-eating tree. So back in October of 2007, a report out of India confirmed the belief of many villagers in the existence of Pilimara, these tiger trees. And these trees are known to um, actively try to eat people and animals. Kind of weird that they're just known to do this and people are just okay with it. <laughs> yeah, super casual. Yeah, very casual, you know. <laughs> On October 18th, 2007, a young lady was walking in the streets of Patrame in India when she saw that a tree had appeared to be lifting this poor cow by its butt off the ground. So its tail and hind legs were just wrapped up. It's terrible. It's it's terrible. The the poor animal, its tail (laughs) and hind legs were wrapped up in these branches. And it's got its front paws still on the ground fighting, you know, keep me on the ground because I don't want to be eaten by this tree. So he's fighting, he's fighting. And every single time he tries to escape, he's pushing forward. The tree just pulls him back. So this tree is actively <laughs> fighting with the cow. A vicious killer. Murderous. A vicious killer. You know, most plants are kind of chill in my experience. They go with the flow. They go where you tell them. But this one is... Grass puppies. Yeah. Bloodthirsty <laughs> plant. But anyway, we're seeing this back and forth between the cow and the tree. And the young lady ran for help. And soon the tree's branches were being cut by a local farmer. So she elicited some assistance. But... Even as the branches were being cut, the plant didn't let go of this poor cow. Oh my god. This plant didn't release its grip on the cow until the whole tree was cut down. Oh my god. (laughs) I don't really know how that is possible because we could just cut a branch that was attached to it. But this is the report. Maybe that branch was too strong. We don't know what the Pilimar's deal is. The news team came a couple weeks later and interviewed these villagers. And these villagers are telling multiple stories of cows that had come back from grazing in the past several months with injuries, often with their hindquarters and tails just cut off. Oh my god! So this isn't an isolated incident. Apparently these trees or tree was routinely just going for the cow booty. That's just terrible. month after month grabbing it. It's a problem, clearly, for this tree. <laughs> and local legend says it was Pilimara, and that legend went back at least 30 years. So these trees are known to be in the area and known to be cow-eating, and it's just kind of weird that they're there and we don't do anything about it. Yeah. But apparently, that's because they look like a lot of trees in the area. So, kind of makes sense. Hard to identify. Yes. Going back, though, like I said, this legend has existed for 30 years. So it's been around, and back then... 30 years ago, another tree had grabbed a bull belonging to a local villager who explained to the reporters that they saved the animal by cutting just the branches off of this tree. So seemingly the second tree that happened in 2007 was stronger because the whole thing had to be cut down versus (laughs) this other one with just the branches. So the Pilimara has evolved. Yeah, yeah, right? I'm like a little beta Pilimara. Frightening. And the same villager explained that these tiger trees, the Pilimara, can be calmed or killed by piercing them with iron. (laughs) So just stab these trees with iron. But again, the problem is it's really hard to identify these trees since they all look like normal trees. 
frightening thought. You know, as I was reading this, I was wondering about like logistical reasons why this would possibly be happening. Obviously, like the tree eating the cow. I don't think that we have an answer for that. But like, could the cows just be getting caught in the branches and then people are getting really confused? I mean, that was my first assumption, right? That like, well, my first assumption was obviously that this tree was not actually eating cows mm-hmm. and what followed was the obvious. But that it's like, what is actually happening? Right? Because this was in the news. And it right. doesn't seem like, well, maybe the fact that it was in the news was enough motivation for these people to keep talking about the, I don't know, maybe they liked the news attention. But if that's not the case, I don't know what motivation you would have to make up this story. <laughs> Right. This is one of the weirder cryptids in that, like, it's not somebody saying they encountered something really strange for attention or going to the media. It's like a thing that has seemingly just been happening. Kenny started hinting at this in this village for decades. And they're just kind of chill with the fact that their trees eat their cows. Uh, You know, I didn't think about it that way. Okay, okay, okay. We've talked about a lot here on the podcast today. So to recenter, we've talked about the Veggie Man. Well, we talked about more than these, but we have Veggie Man, Cactus Cat, and the Cow Eating Tree among what I believe to be our most fascinating cases of the day. What do you guys think about Veggie Man? Have I have I represented him in a way where you think he could be real? <laughs> no. <laughs> TBH. <laughs> Case closed. (laughs) In conclusion, no. But that's not your fault. I think that's more of a Jennings Frederick problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like he saw quite a bit and none of it has convinced me. Yeah. The fact that he reported a different thing definitely does Mm -hmm. not give him much credibility. But at the same time, I like the idea of Veggie Man just like casually sucking the life force out of him and running away without too much harm done. (laughs) Just prancing. It is like for Jennings, like the lightning striking twice here. But then I was thinking about the hug, the embrace before Veggie Man ran off. Like at first I was like, oh, he was trying to hug this man because that's like a human custom. And then he realized, oh my God, I have these thorns on my body. And he ran away out of sheer embarrassment. And then Eleanor, uh, when we were talking about this, like off the podcast, she was like, I think he was just like sucking his life force. Yeah, for sure. Right. I also love that Veggie Man, like, I kind of like to think that he's not an ancient cryptid and he's more of like a contemporary science experiment gone wrong. Like maybe in the 60s, somebody was trying to give vegetable sentience and we just have this like tortured Frankenstein's monster just roaming the hills of West Virginia now. I think we all kind of agree that Veggie Man is very not real, but absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. We'll be eating my daily intake of vegetables in his honor. His spirit is very real. (laughs) What about Cactus Cat? Final thoughts. Do we believe Cactus Cat is real? This is the hardest one for me. I kind of think there might be something out there that is similar to a bobcat, but maybe does have like different looking fur. Maybe its fur is a little bit spikier. Maybe they're a rarer breed of large cat and they are occasionally seen in the desert. I don't know why that would be so outlandish. It doesn't sound like they do anything or have done anything so strange that would make me not believe in them. Aside from, I think, drinking the nectar of the cacti, which I am just like, who who spotted that? Or is that just like lore that was made up for them? I think it's lore. I think it's lore. I don't think it was added later. I think that was... um, the indigenous people who lived there obviously also realized that there was some kind of like soul connection with the cacti. Right. But I think maybe a lot of the like smaller details about the cactus cat that I'm choosing to ignore because they're unprovable are maybe a little bit more contemporary. 
Yeah, I think I'm staying in a solid I want to believe. But <laughs> the fact that bobcats are in these areas and there are cactuses in these areas. Bobcats could get some pretty nappy looking fur with cactus in there. So I'm kind of leaning towards this That's might true. just be a bobcat with cactus stuck on it. But I like what you said, Loie, about the fact that, you know, there is all these things out there that we don't really know about. Like, even among plants, carnivorous plants, we discover three species a year for the past, like, 20 years. Really? Yeah. So, like, humans oh, are wow. still actually finding these, you know, kind of wow. weird things. So, I don't know. Cactus cat could be real. And I think I'm choosing to believe while we are the gruesome threesome today, let us know over social media what you think of today's episode with hashtag gruesome twosome. Which of these legends do you believe in most? We, as always, would love to hear from you. Thank you all so very much for listening. We are once again your hosts, Loie and Eleanor and Kenny, also known as the Gruesome Threesome today. And we've loved diving into the world of internet urban legends with all of you. You can find all episodes of the podcast, Internet Urban Legends, for free exclusively on Spotify. Huge thanks to my brother, Kenny, for interrupting his busy fortnight schedule and joining us today. <laughs> Kenny, where can people find you and us online? Oh, uh, you can find me and Eleanor, the other plant expert here, of course. She said that she doesn't take care of them, but she's good at plants. She really is. You can find <laughs> us at A Plant Project on TikTok and Instagram. And thank you guys so much for having me. It was super fun to talk plant cryptids and... I'm definitely going to do some more looking into Veggie Man because I really just, I like his spirit and I want to believe that he's real. So I'm going to try and find some more evidence that he is. Cosplay incoming. Ooh, <laughs> potentially. Don't forget to follow the podcast so we can continue bringing you a new disturbing mystery each and every week. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Loeybug and at Snitchery and support our show by following at Parcast on Instagram and at Parcast Network on Twitter. Stay gruesome, friends. Internet Urban Legends is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler from Parcast, Slash Management, and Ed Simpson, Fanny Baudry, and Leah Sutherland from Wheelhouse DNA. Sound design by Ron Shapiro, with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. It is produced by Jonathan Ratliff, Gemma Waters, John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and Lexi Kiven. Research and script writing provided by Judd Bookout. And we're your hosts, Loie Lane and Eleanor Barnes, a.k.a. The Gruesome Twosome.